Good morning and welcome to Coffee Talks Empowerment Podcast. This is your girl, Tanya B. Ratliff, the Purpose Midwife, coming to you on this marvelous Motivational Monday with some impartation, empowerment, and motivation. Listen, you already know how we do this. I want you to grab your pen, your Bible, your journal, your coffee, or your favorite morning beverage and meet us right back here for this conversation. You don't want to miss it. Let's get brewing. We're back. We're back. We're back. Once again, I want to welcome you to Coffee Talks Empowerment Podcast with your girl, Tanya B. Ratliff, the Purpose Midwife. And here in the studio on today, I have with me my BFF, my sister, Zelda Downs. And this month, we are having conversations around the topic prayer, prayer, birth, what? And uh, Zelda is a cancer survivor. This is her second year being cancer free. And so today on Coffee Talk, she's going to share with us how she beat cancer through prayer. Yes, she has been cancer free. She's reminded me for four years. For four years. So for four years, she's been cancer free. And so we want to welcome Zelda to the show on today. And we're just going to have a little conversation about how she used prayer to help birth her healing. So welcome Zelda to Coffee Talk Podcast. We're elated to have you on today. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm 47 years old. I'm a mom of five kids. I'm married. Yeah. (laughs) So Zelda, when you first heard the word cancer and, and your doctor told you that you had cancer, what was your first immediate reaction? I'm about to die. You're about to die. That was your first. Yes, I, that was my first. When they called me and she told me that my test came back positive for cancer, that was the first thing came to me. I'm like, oh my God, I'm young and I'm about to die. So you were how old when you received the diagnosis that you had cancer? Um, I was 43. So Zelda, in the time that you received the diagnosis and between the time your doctor told you and you actually began to uh, undergo treatment, what happened in those moments after they, they told you you had cancer? After you said you okay. said you're going to die, what what did you do after that? Okay, so after the doctor spoke the words and she told me that I had cancer, um, that was a thought that came in my mind. Um, I remember crying 
And so um, I was, my daughter was driving. I just picked her up from um, college. She was on her summer vacation. And we were in a car driving, and um, I cried. And I kind of pulled, then I pulled myself together, and I was like, you know what? Nothing is too hard for God to do. And so I gathered myself together. I repented because, you know, the first thing, I'm about to die. I repented, and I was, and after I repented, I said, "But God, Lord, you promised me some stuff, and it has not been fulfilled." And so I reminded him of the things that he promised me, and that's what I held on to after I found out, you know, the diagnosis. Now I'm gonna tell you, in the beginning, I didn't want to think about it. I try not to think about it. I try not to um, even talk on the idea that I have uh, I have cancer in my body. I just try not to think about it. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't think about it. I know it's crazy, but maybe um, then I was in denial about it because I didn't want to talk about it. But... Um, After I got over that, I just reminded God every day, God, you promised me such and such, and it hadn't been fulfilled. So I held on to the promises of God to get through what I uh, what I had experienced. So you received your diagnosis. You said you were going to die. And then you remembered and you reminded God. That reminds me in the Bible when Hezekiah was told to set his house in order because surely he, he was going to die. And the Bible says that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and, and he reminded God that all the days of my life, I've walked upright before you. And the Bible says that God added 15 more years to Hezekiah's life. So once you, you pull yourself together and, 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 and you said to yourself, God, I still have some promises. What did you have to go through in order? Uh, what, what type of treatment? What was the process? How, how long was the process? Okay, so right after she called, right after my doctor called and she told me that I had cancer, uh, she set me up with a surgeon. She told me he was the best surgeon in town. And um, I met with him maybe two weeks after I found out, you know, the diagnosis. And um, I thought I thought that I was going to go in and he was going to take it out right then and there. I did not realize it's a process. <laughs> it's a long, drawn-out process. So, like, when I went to go meet the surgeon, he had to make sure... Um, that it was no more, it, that it was in, so the lump was in my left breast. And even though I had a biopsy done on my left breast, he, um, he checked my right breast to make sure I had nothing over there and nothing had sprayed it or anything. And, um, oh my God, that was, that was, it felt like I found out in March March 23rd to be exact, that I had the cancer. I met the doctor April 6th. I remember the date, Joe. And um, 
after April the 6th, it seemed like it took forever for me to go have surgery to have the lump removed. Um, I went and I had a uh, ultrasound on the right breast. They thought they saw something in the right breast. I wound up having um, a MRI. And so then after the MRI, I had a MRI biopsy. I pray to God that nobody ever has to go through that. That's when God, the Spirit of God spoke to me when I had my MRI biopsy because I was on that table and I was crying because I didn't want to go through it. One, I was like, God, please take this away from me. Don't let them find anything in my right breast. And I remember just laying on the table and I was telling them, I said, God, I feel like, I feel like an animal going to the slaughter because they had these big needles and you're going through this machine and it's noisy, you know? And so the spirit of God told me, he told me very calmly, he said, if you don't go through it, how you going, how will you be able to testify what you, what you're going through? And I think that's when I finally accepted it. Okay, God, I got to go through this because somebody else going to need to know what it's like going through what I'm going through and that they'll be able to get through what I've been through. So, yeah, that was hard. (laughs) And so I didn't have surgery until the end of May when they took the lump out. And then I knew then after that, yeah, this is so crazy because I knew after the surgery was over, I told myself, Zelda, now you got to fight for your life. Because now I got to have chemo and now I got to go through radiation. So you go through surgery, you come out of surgery, and now another process. You went from being diagnosed to having this uh, biopsy, then having a second biopsy, then having the surgery. And now you have to go through chemo and, and radiation. So how did you prepare yourself mentally and, and physically to go through chemo? Because I, I watched um, one of my dear friends who had breast cancer. I, I went with her to chemo. Uh, one of my dear sisters in Christ, uh, I've been to chemo with her and, and watch her through the whole process of, of, of going through chemo, ringing the bell only to find out a year later that, that it's back. So, so how did you prepare yourself um, mentally? Because when you think about chemo, your body goes through so many different changes. Um, the, the sickness, um, just so many um, effects and, and side effects that you go through. So walk us through what a daily day looked like from, from beginning to end when you had to do a, a day of chemo or radiation. Okay. And, and this is so funny because you're going to air this podcast on July the 6th. July the 6th actually was my first day of chemo. Wow. So... That day, I remember clearly <laughs> I had to go in by myself. My husband is a truck driver, so he was on the road. Um, 
My kids was in school or working. So I went in this doctor office and I sat there and I was like, oh my God, um, now I gotta get ready. I gotta prepare myself for chemo. I have to prepare my mind for chemo. But what I can tell you is before I went into um, like the photo surgery and before the chemo, I, I went to God and I told God, I said, whatever your will is for my life, it's your will. Your will be done. But I remember just, um, I told him I was going to praise him anyway, whatever the end results was. I was going to, you know, give him my all. And that's what I did. Um, chemo that day, my mind, I, I'm not going to say it was all over the place, but I was scared because I was there by myself. One, it felt like it took forever for them to even get me started. And so when I went in, my brother did show up. So I didn't go to the bank by myself. Um, when they set me up for the chemo, I was so nervous. Because one, I took something called a Ray Devil. <laughs> that drug knocks you on your butt. Um, the type of breast cancer I had, um, was H, uh, HER2 positive, which means my hormones was negative, but I had protein in my breast, which um, there was a lot of protein that built up in my breast, which made it um, HER2. And from my understanding, the doctor was telling me that having HER2 positive breast cancer, there was no cure once upon a time for it. So, um, I had to go through some really strong chemo in the beginning. I had um, I had four treatments of the strongest chemo. So my first time going through it, I was there from eight to maybe five o'clock in the evening. Uh, those four treatments was like a full time job. I would get there, they would do blood work. Then it would set me up for um, my drips. Um, when I first got the Ray Devil went through my um, through my blood, I literally felt heat go through my whole body. I felt it go from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. This is no lie. It was warm when it went through my body. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't know if I can do this. But I got through that day. I got through the next day. But see, the second day, yeah, chemo put me on my butt. It was hard. It was, it was really hard. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. But I'm going to be honest with you, it was hard. I was nauseous so bad. I couldn't get comfortable. I didn't want to eat. I wanted to cry because I felt so bad. The motion of just moving, it, 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 it was awful. The medicine that they gave me, it did not work. He called me in something else to take. And when I read what the medicine does, I didn't even take, I didn't even take the medicine. I can't even remember the name of it. But I just know they say they use it for um, people who have different personalities. So I was like, I, I'm not putting this in my body. 
I already got poison going through my body. That, that's how I looked at it. I was like, okay, God, I'm getting ready for this. This poison is about to enter my body. I want it out. <laughs> so basically, the last 52 treatments, because that's how many treatments I took, a year of treatments, uh, they were like full-time jobs. So Zelda, 52 weeks of treatment of, of chemo. So what did you stand on? What what happened in your prayer life? What what did you have to to do in order to to maintain your faith, to maintain your focus? What what did it require for you to get up every morning or every time you had chemo knowing that you were putting toxins in your body, knowing that um, you were going to be nauseous, and then knowing that you had a family that, that you had to care for? Since um, I don't, it, I don't know. It was, it wasn't easy. And if you talk to my kids, my kids will probably tell you I made it look easy. But it, it really wasn't easy. I had to constantly stay before God and pray. Um, especially for my mind, because some days it felt like I literally was about to lose it. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't shake the sickness. I couldn't shake the way I felt. And then to have to get up and send to my younger kids, make sure um, homework was done, make sure they were fed, make sure they were in bed. Um, sometimes I had to take them to school when I didn't feel like it. Um, and I still had to go about my normal life. Um, every chance I got, I did lay down and I, I rested. But um, if you're not rooted and grounded in God, if you don't know who he is, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know what to tell you because I I I I know who God is. And I, I know what he can do. I told him all the time, God, I know you're a miracle worker. I know you are a deliverer. God, I know you are a healer. But when I learned that my journey wasn't just for me, that it was for um, other people to, that, to see, I know that sounds kind of strange, but it wasn't for me. It was for other people to see the God in me that what, what I'm going through, that God is the one taking me through it. Yeah. Then I knew I, I had to fight. This this is a fight, and I'm going to fight it to the end. The devil is alive. You're not going to take my life. So the scripture um, that I stood on was, um, I shall I shall live, I shall not die, but live, but declare the works of the Lord. That's what I had to stand on. So Zelda, if you could tell us maybe two or three things that you learned or that you carry with you whenever you face 
obstacles and situations because I know there's been another opportunity where they told you um, that there was a possibility that uh, the cancer was back. But the first time when you went through the 52 weeks, what what would you say, what are the one or two things that you walk away with now that you know that what's something cancer taught you? Are you learned in the experience? One, it was my family. Family comes first. Before cancer, um, I would say I was always on the run. Um, Not saying my family didn't come first because my kids was always with me. But um, family first. I was always in church. I was always at some type of event. And it was always church, but I was always ripping and running. So, like, Sunday was booked. Monday was booked. Wednesday was booked. Thursday was booked. You know, it slowed me down. And it made me appreciate my family. It made me appreciate my husband. My husband was working all the time, and I wasn't home because I was churching it. So to say, so that that the first thing that was put into perspective was family, family first. Yes, I love God and God's going to be first in my life. But I had to tend to my family first. It was a lot of stuff that I realized I missed out on life because I was always on the go. If it wasn't my daycare work, I was always on the go, always on the go. So that was the first thing I took away. The second thing. Through this journey that opened my eyes was my faith was tested. Like, okay, so now I really know I into the depth of who God is and what he can do. My faith was tested. It was tried, and I didn't give up. Would you say that your faith in God allowed you to come out of this victorious? Yes. How has your prayer life changed since cancer? How was your prayer life prior to cancer? Okay, so my prayer life prior to cancer I mean, I will pray, but it's it's a it's a different now. Um, I feel like now I am more connected, if that makes sense. Um, before, I mean, I prayed, and you know, I would feel the spirit of God, and I felt like He was hearing my prayer. But it's different after you go through something. And I know that's crazy, but it makes you appreciate things more. You know, like, okay, God, you you delivered me from a major illness that could have taken me out. You just performed a whole miracle in my life right in front of my own eyes. You took care of me what I didn't even deserve to be taken care of. You know, he kept me. You kept my mind when... I thought I was going to literally lose it. I'm still here and my, my, 
I'm here with my family and they could have lost me. So now I don't, I don't take my prayer life for granted. This is not a just our father, which are in heaven, hallowed be that. No, 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 no. There is something it's deeper. I saw a, a t-shirt a few months ago on a website and the t-shirt said prayer is my oxygen. Oh yeah. Prayer is my oxygen. So if you could use that same analogy, but instead of prayer being your oxygen, what would you say prayer is to you? My lifeline. Hmm, your lifeline. That's my lifeline. Because when I went through it almost the second time, that's all I had, prayer. And I had to stand on his words and I had to repeat his words back. So my mind can hear, you know, our mind is, it, it, it's like a battlefield. The devil battles with us in our mind. Yes. And if you could speak those words out your mouth, your mind and hear it. And it'll soak it up. So, yeah. My lifeline. <laughs> Prayer is your lifeline. So I'm sure that we have listeners who will hear this podcast that may be going through a similar situation. It may not be cancer. It may uh, be COVID. It, it could be cancer. Um, what, what would you share with those who are, who are fighting a major illness such as cancer or going through COVID or, or even um, that individual who had cancer before and now the cancer has returned what what would you what would you say to them how or even that person like you for the first time who just received the diagnosis what would you say to those individuals the first thing i would say sis is to defeat any type of illness mindset is important Yes. You can't go in defeated. You have to have a positive attitude. Yes. Um, that's what I tell everybody that find, finding out or that going through something, mindset is, a, is the first thing. Don't go in with a negative attitude. I feel like if you go in, you know how I reacted? I was like, okay, I'm about, I'm going to die. Don't even let that go across your mind. Because now you got to fight. And how you fight, you fight with a positive attitude. Not saying, I'm going to let you know, you are going to face some challenges. You're going to face some hard times. It's going to get difficulty. It's going to be rough. But keep a positive mindset. Attitude is everything. And it'll get you through it. Find something to laugh at. You know how they say laughter is medicine? Find something to laugh at. Find a, a hobby or something to do. When I was going through chemo and I lost my hair, I had my makeup. And that's how I got through those hard times of chemo. I would get up. I would pull myself out the bed, drag myself to my phone, hit Facebook Live. And I would do my makeup. And believe it or not, after I would get off, I would feel I would feel better. Not 100% better, 
but it was like a pick-me-up. So find something that's going to pick you up and make you feel good about yourself. Yes, yes. You know, Zelda and I, we serve on a platform together. We are uh, ambassadors for At His Feet Live, uh, a global prayer community where we prepare individuals and and teach them and equip them um, to to pray. And and so for me, like Zelda, prayer has been uh, my lifeline um, when it when it comes to uh, anything. Um, and, and one thing we have to understand is the enemy will always try to fight us in the place where we know we gain our greatest victory. Our greatest victory comes through prayer. And, and, and so often I heard you say it, you said that you had to realize that cancer was not just about you but it's about being able to go through it so other people can know that they can come out of it. And uh, Zelda has a um, group called uh, Beautifully uh, Yours, where um, she shared uh, with survivors, not just of, of cancer, but survivors of all types of uh, crises. And uh, I've had the opportunity to come on. And it's so important uh, in the times that we live in that we for not forsake prayer. And, and so this month, as I said before, we are focusing on prayer. Prayer birth. what Zelda said, prayer birth are healing. Uh, if I had to say prayer birth anything i would say prayer birthed my ministry prayer birthed my ministry it allowed me to to get over the rejection the hurt the, the pain the lies the all of those things that i encountered in ministry and uh, to be able to walk in in our full potential and so we want to thank zelda for coming on today and uh sharing her uh testimony and sharing with our viewers on today how prayer allowed her to walk in her total healing of cancer and she has been cancer free for four years hallelujah so we give god the glory the honor and the praise and we know the bible says in Luke 18 and one that men should always pray and not As we close out today's segment of Coffee Talks, I am reminded of a former leader who would often tell us anything we choose to do without prayer, we choose to do without God. If God has given us a dream, a vision, a promise, a business, a ministry, no matter what he has called us to build our birth in the earth, it begins with prayer and it will end with prayer. And we must continue to maintain a posture of prayer if we are going to see it continue to grow and thrive. In John, the 15th chapter, 
The word of God reminds us if we abide in him and his word abides in us, we can ask what we will and it shall be done for us. But we must stay connected to the vine. He is the vine dresser. We, we are the branches. And when we stay connected to him, we will produce fruit because the branches receive their nourishment from the vine, from the, the stem, from the root. Yes, it's just like our electrical company that powers our home. If we ever become disconnected due to not paying our bills, we will not have light or power to run or operate those things in our home. When we stay connected, just like with our homes being connected, there will always be a light, his light, the light of his word, the light of his presence shining on us walking with us, leading and guiding us and showing us on the way. On today, I want to encourage you. If God has called you or if you're in the middle of birthing or building any vision, we must remain faithful to the call of prayer. One of my favorite passages of scripture is found in Jeremiah 33 and 3. As a matter of fact, it's above the door in my prayer room and it says, call unto me and I will answer and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. Yes, prayer has allowed me to birth so many things in the earth. But before it became a factor in the earth, it began through a prayer. And on today, I want to remind you, you can birth anything God gives you the vision to do as long as you allow prayer to be the vehicle to help you reach your destination. Have a great Monday.